mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Wow! Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined as always by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how are you doing in this glorious festive season? Hola! Yes, I'm feeling very festive. I've not bought all of my Christmas presents. Uh, we've not really talked about how we're going to be releasing shows over, over Christmas, which is uh, fascinating, really. I suppose we'll be rec- recording right through the season. So, uh, yeah, many happy returns. Happy Christmas, everyone. I've um, Chris, I've done something uh, over the weekend that uh, you don't know about. And I oh, God. am hopefully soon to join the ranks of the driving populace. I've uh, I passed my theory test over the hey. weekend. So not only am I tootling around in my scooter, uh, I'm also now uh, all theory tested up. <laughs> what was your score? What did you get? I think I got I got full marks on my theory and I failed my practical once and I passed it the second time. How'd you do? I see. I got 49 out of 50 in the... Uh, in the theory, and the hazard perception test was a little lower. But um, they don't tell you what you got wrong. That's the annoying thing. Because some of the questions are genuinely stupid. They're just like, they're, mm. they're like it's stuff like, if you uh, see um, so, so a pedestrian in a yellow high-vis jacket and a red um, a red sort of uh, sign in their hands, what, what are you looking at? And it's like a... A, a, a public walk or something like an organized walk is it going when have you ever seen an organized walk and why would you ever need to know unless they're walking across the road you're not bothered i don't care about the organized walk <laughs> organized walk and, like and just and just stuff like and just stuff like um if you see an accident uh what should you do if you see a person like passed out in the street offer them a drink um ask if they have any allergies <laughs> it's like jesus christ guys the real Try answer: take, take a motorcycle selfie. man's helmet off. Yeah, take a selfie. Take it, grab a selfie. Right, this, is a, and this is a bloody mess, isn't it? Tweet it. This is a mess, isn't it? <laughs> but that's great. That's really great. And then all you need to do then is get the once you pass the real test, which hopefully mm. you can do in one but or that's two times. The real quiz. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the hazard perception is a joke. I remember when I did it, and I've I've never passed a test and got full marks in my life, but I got full marks on hazard perception because it was like. You get like a photo, don't you? You're in a car and you've got like a photo on the screen and there's like a child about to like run in front of your car and it's like, mm. is this dangerous? Answer number one, yes. Answer number two, no. Uh, it's like, wow. How? Well, what? mine was all mine was all videos and, and it was like um, in the mock tests I did on online, there were mm. old videos of like Old Street um, in, the, in the 80s, the Old Street Roundabout. And clearly all they did was just drive around London for five minutes and just go, right, that's a hazard, that's a hazard, that's a hazard, because <laughs> driving around London is a nightmare. Like people people just stopping on the middle of Old Street Roundabout to let 
passengers on and stuff. Just an absolute shit show from start to finish. Um, but the footage is really grainy, and there were hazards happening all of the time. But when I got the actual thing itself, um, it was all 3D. It was all cool and 3D, and I was like, wow, these, look, oh, wow. these 3D graphics look amazing. PS5 level. And, uh, yeah, and, and so the hazards were a little easier to see, but uh, I didn't do quite so well. Quite too well because as a non-driver, I just think everything's a hazard. And I tell you what, it gives you way more respect or or or, or, or care uh, of being a pedestrian doing those hazard perception tests because I'm I walk out in front of cars all of the time and cars just roll with <laughs> cars just roll with the bodies. Now now the shoe is on the other foot, the boots on the other foot. I'm like, oh no, I shouldn't be doing any of this. This is really dangerous. <laughs> you've you've made hazard perception sound arguably more fun than Cyberpunk 2077. Pete, <laughs> <You've> <laughs> less glitches. It. Sounds fun. Less glitches. glitches probably is. <laughs> oh, God's yeah. sake, poor old Cyberpunk. But uh, that's great news. That means like when you eventually come over here. Uh, hopefully next year you can get your international driver's license and frolic off in the hills of Tohoku in your car and your sports car. And, how do you? Uh, um, how do you like get? How do you? Because I'm because I'm planning on getting a, an automatic license. How do you get a? Uh, how do you sort of uh, drive? I'm sure you talked about it before, but what what are the? Do you have to mm. go through a little test to 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 actually drive? No, not if you've got an international driver's license. Like you just go to the post office in the UK anyway. Just go to the post office. Right. You pay, I think, about a hundred pounds. They stamp a document, and you're done. You can drive for a year in Japan. Oh, yeah. that's amazing! Oh, cool. glorious! And it's easy because, of course, in Japan they drive on the correct side of the road, like the UK. <laughs> everyone, we got it right yeah. first. We win. Mm. We get it. Like, but uh, no, for American drivers, I think uh, most of the world in general, it's a little bit more tricky. But for UK drivers, it's mm. it's glorious. And from my experience, Beautiful. Japanese drivers are way better than British drivers or just drivers in many other countries. They're more considerate. Mm. Like, uh, yeah. you're less likely to have someone tailgate you aggressively and ram you off the road. Um, but uh, the, the elderly drivers you've got to watch out for here because they, they are the ones who uh, uh, cause most of the accidents. And um, I think road accidents are going down ge- generally in Japan, but they're also going up for the sort of over 50s age bracket because so much of the population in Japan is now elderly. Uh, that's a real issue. And do you remember like a year ago, I think either last year or the year before, uh, the Japanese government were actually giving out like coupons to people over 80 who gave up their license. You get a coupon for like free ramen and stuff because they were so dangerous. <laughs> uh, these drivers, like, wow. so free That's ramen. Hilarious. Give it up. Save <laughs> save the country. But yeah. It's like, it's nice like whenever I see the Queen drive, I just sort of think, oh, that's, that's, I mean, she's cracking on a bit. <laughs> And 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 sh- and if you she, she kills someone, I, I'm fairly certain you, we can't put her in prison. So, <laughs> well, Prince Philip, I mean, her husband with the old Range yeah, Rover. Well, he fl- didn't he flip his year? car quite recently? Yeah, he flipped. Yeah. I, he flipped someone else's car, I think. But yeah, that was pretty pretty hardcore. Oh right, okay, exciting. We don't. <laughs> luckily, Range Rovers don't seem to exist in Japan. I don't think I've ever seen one. So. Um, that you don't have to worry about that, or Prince Philip for that matter. Fortunately, he's not here. No, driving down the roads like a maniac. Um, we've got a story from Mike this week. Story of the week, uh, and it begins. Hi, Chris and Pete. While listening to your podcast last Sunday, uh, it reminded me of one of our encounters with Yakuza from our trip to Hokkaido in summer 2019. Uh, I think Mike is referencing the guy who was in Ibaraki. Do you remember that one? There was a oh yes, I do. Yeah, yeah football yeah. team in Ibaraki, and they went in to save their friend, uh, and they. <laughs> They said that their friend was under the protection of a Yakuza leader who turned out to be the Yakuza leader that was harassing the woman. It was a gambit that failed 
pretty horrifically. Uh, anyway, during our stay in Hakodate, Mike continues, my quite uh, tattooed friend, Tom and I, were longing for some ramen. Uh, and it, it was raining and we were a bit cold, so we thought, yeah, let's have some ramen. Uh, we found a restaurant, but we were surprised uh, as even though it just opened, there were already two guys sitting in there eating their meal. While ordering from a machine near the entrance, one of those guys turned around and started pointing to my friend's traditional tattoo sleeve and admired the craft. Uh, once my friend explained that it's done by one of the Hiroshi uh, Three, uh, well-known tattoo artists in Japan, uh, one of his pupils, they started getting excited and they started having a weird exchange, showing each other the rest of their tattoos, from which I remember the green snake on the guy's belly. But once we noticed that this smiling guy was missing a few fingers, it uh, struck us that he's most likely he's most likely not a worker at a sawmill. Uh, as our order was ready, we humbly said goodbye to our to enjoy our dinner. Um, I'm not saying it was scary, but we're not sure how they might react to foreigners from Europe having traditional tattoos. Have you ever heard stories about foreigners being attacked by Japanese people for having tattoos? As you mentioned a couple of times in your podcast, that they can they can still be seen uh, groups protesting against foreigners in Japan. Keep up the good work. Regards from Mike. Went from a story to a question. Um, I, don't, look, I don't think you're ever going to have trouble wearing a, having a tattoo in Japan. Uh, if anything, as we've just seen from Mike's story, Having a tattoo means you might have a nice conversation with the local yakuza. Should we, Maybe some should ramen. We, should we have like a? Should we have like a a, a moratorium on this question? It's crazy, isn't it? Every I don't think there's a single week that goes by where someone asks about like tattoos, whether they're okay, whether they're not okay. Can I get in this onsen? Can I get this onsen? Should we just call this podcast the "It's Okay to Have Tattoos in Japan" <laughs> like podcast? It's wild should. how many how many questions we get about tattoos and how 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 many stories you get about tattoos as well um i was thinking about like th- this guy this yakuza who'd lost a couple of fingers sounds like he's a bad yakuza because he just keeps he just keeps on <laughs> having to chisel off fingers um in 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 apology um would that that would make that like i would feel more comfortable if my yakuza guy had fewer fingers because if i got into a fight with him <laughs> i think it would be harder to ball up a hand to 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 fit to, to to make a fist if you're wouldn't losing fingers while while, while you're doing that story it? i was trying to think well well because if you chisel it even if you chisel it at the at the highest knuckle at the highest knuckle at the highest joint um like it, there's something about your fingernails being pressed into the palm of your hand that makes you know the whole <laughs> making a palm making a making a fist kind of possible so like the tightness wouldn't be there so you'd just be kind of like flapping fingers at you. Yeah, flip, flapping fingers at you, and 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 the, yeah, I can't figure it out really. You would have less purchase, I suppose. I I wonder how many listeners around the world now are listening in, just, just trying to make a palm, uh, trying, trying to make, to make a, a fist. Palm. Imagine if yeah, imagine if that 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 joint that has your um, fingernails on. Imagine if you didn't have that, and <laughs> I presume some of our listeners will be missing uh, digits. Like, is it harder to make a hard fist if you're missing digits? I, I think it might be. That is a question so that, uh, that I'd love to know the answer to. <laughs> I'm trying to just, uh, look. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to reverse slowly out of. Is it okay to have Tattoo Boulevard? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get us out of. And I think we is managed it. Right it. To, is it all right to fight the Yakuza with no fingers? <laughs> God, exactly. Well, I, I mean, that's a nice, that's a nice little interaction. And uh, you know, a lot of my friends have met the Yakuza. Say they're all right, pretty normal people. Just, just don't get caught up in business and certainly never take a loan from them um, because that's where things really 
get nasty. I like to uh, I like to think that uh, Mike said he was on his trip on his travels with a guy called Tom. I'd like to think it's the same Tom from last week's uh, <laughs> uh, story on the podcast, where a guy called Tom was sick all over a train in Kyoto. Um, mm. I like to imagine it's just these two going it's through a week, hasn't he? Go, yeah, going through Japan, having a whale of a time, meeting yakuza, uh, and being sick all over trains. But uh, we'll never know unless Tom Tom gets back to us, which he should. Uh, no, don't fight the yakuza, but let us know what it's like to have a fight with less fingers, because I'm keen to know as well. Uh, we've got a story this week from. Well, it's, it's kind of a, a question meets a news story, and it's from Yuka. Right, okay. uh, it begins, "Dear Chris and Pete, my name's Yuka, fan of the channel, and I listen every week. Mm. Uh, the other day, I read an interesting article in the top news of Yahoo Japan. Uh, for those who don't know, Yahoo Japan is still a thing. Like while Yahoo died out like five years ago, Yahoo Japan is still like incredibly successful. It's a bit like the fax machine, uh, the Galapagos of Japan." kind of vibe did you yeah. know that did you know yahoo's big the old yeah yahoo. I, I think I, I to be honest a lot of their web where a lot a lot of their web design seems to really hark back to yahoo.jp <laughs> that seems to be what everyone's striving to look like like a piece of shit geocity site <laughs> from 1993 <laughs> geocity oh god i don't know how it, i don't i think yeah yahoo japan got bought by a different company but they kept the brand name mm. so it's it's ah, Yahoo only. So it's a name. license sort of job, it's right? Okay, I see. That's Interesting. Why it's still popular, while the rest of the world moved on a very long time ago. Anyway, back to Yahoo News. Uh, Yuka says, uh, "I'd like to hear your thoughts on this news article." The article said uh, the article was about world rankings of countries that people want to move to. The top five countries being number one, Canada; number two, Japan; number three, Spain; number four, Germany; and number five, Qatar. Uh, and she's linked some articles here uh, from Time Out. Uh, as for Europe, people mainly chose to live in Germany, and the UK seems to have chosen Canada as the most as the country wants to live in the most. Uh, the countries that chose Japan uh, to live in were the US, Canada, Australia, and Southeast Asia, or the whole region of Southeast Asia. Uh, the article does not give details, but I thought this result was unthinkable until a few years ago. Personally, I think the reason is YouTube, especially abroad in Japan and Charmeleon, uh, Charla, uh, because what Japan has broadcast overseas is only anime and NHK world, so I don't think uh, that these would lead to an increase in people wanting to live here. Japanese people think the world is not very interested in Japan, so I'm very happy to know that many countries are actually interested in living here. Sorry, this is uh, not my experience story. Thank you for the great content. Stay safe. Yuka from Japan. I suppose that is an interesting point. Like, um, I wonder why Japan is the number two spot on the list. Uh, I, I can see why Canada's number one. I think most people in the UK, if you just asked a British person where they would live, they'd say Canada, even though many of them have never been there. It's just a sort of romantic place. But Japan... That's quite an interesting one. What do you think it is that uh, Japan's so popular, Pete? Is it abroad in Japan? I just, is it, is it is. sort of um, quality, quality of living, even though it's very expensive? Um, I guess Could be. you know it's got the highest. It's got the highest. Uh, you know, everyone's older than everyone reaches a, a riper age than uh, than anywhere else. So maybe mm. it's that. So obviously they see that as quality of living. Um, I don't know. I mean, the food's great. If you're a foodie, it's great. <laughs> If you if you're into, if you you kind of think it's like this futuristic place where you can make money, even though as discussed on this podcast, it frequently isn't, <laughs> and you can't make money because <laughs> everyone's so <laughs> stuck in their ways. 
a futuristic place where you can make money. That is the yeah, best description exactly. of Japan I've person. ever heard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's cool. I kind of get it. I think because Kyoto is one of the top five cities in the world, uh, like ranking in terms of ranking to live in. Tokyo is always in the top five. Kyoto is often in the top five as well. Um, and they're beautiful cities and great places to live. Mm. Um, but I mean, would you would you put it in your top list of countries to live in? Out of that list, yes, Cotswold. <laughs> I mean, we've got Canada, Japan, Spain, Germany, and Qatar. Would 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 Japan take number one spot out of those five? I mean, Qatar wouldn't be really. <laughs> Qatar wouldn't be, It'd be the bloody top, hot, wouldn't it? But yeah, well, yeah, exactly. My skin, good lord. Um, yeah, Spain. I mean, Spain's beautiful. Everywhere's great. I just look. You make me salivate the idea of travelling. <laughs> like saying yeah. how good I see how cool right rank these right rank these countries in order I'm like mate I'd love to fucking go to any of those countries right now shit bag <laughs> <laughs> I mean I yeah I would I certainly would as well and uh I do like to think though that uh I don't know do you think that the, the YouTube channel could have had an effect I don't think there's there's any way that the abroad in Japan channel is going to shift the opinions of the global population but I like to think it's it's helped a bit because, be as Yuka said, NHK World, if you've ever seen NHK World, it doesn't do the best job selling Japan. It's all a bit no. awkward and weird and a bit cringy, to be honest, having been on it myself a few times. Um, <laughs> I guess it's the anime, though. Anime and manga as well. It's probably swung it. Yeah. Probably yeah. a factor. But Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Yeah, I think I've always find that Japanese people are amazed that um, people seem to know Japan exists. They're very kind of surprised that mm. Japan is this, is like known in any way. I don't know why that is. I think it's because Japan often feels like a, its own sort of bubble, right? It's a bit of a bubble over here. And uh, uh, a lot of people don't get to travel outside Japan. Um, like folks living in Japan don't get to travel much. So they feel the country's a bit isolated and they feel like... Uh, you know, a lot of people don't get to know that it exists as well as a result. But uh, yeah, Japan is very popular. And I think most British people would love to come here. And certainly American folks I speak to as well. Don't know. What do you reckon? What do you Point. think? And yeah, no, yeah, no, I think I think that you're I, I think that you are um doing yourself a disservice there. I think your uh, YouTube channel would have helped on this particular um Definitely. Point. It was all the Abroad Japan channel. It was all it was it was me bumbling around trying to find Mount yeah. Fuji, eating some Kit Kats, eating some KFC, finding like some weird, <laughs> finding those KFC weird kind chicken, of little yeah. little fairgrounds that you got. That's exactly why. That's exactly what swung it. <laughs> Speaking of KFC, I've uh, I've made the order. I've made the kill order. KFC's on its way to uh, to Natsuki's house. Oh, you house. got it. Yeah. Beautiful, lovely old it's job. Gonna... You're gonna get a haircut at the same time. KFC hair in hair in your in your three piece. Oh God, K, KFC and haircut could be Natsuki's go to. Could be Natsuki's selling point for his uh, his hair salon. Like interestingly, like I've noticed in recent years, a lot of hair salons in Japan, barbers they will provide you with beer and a haircut, so you can uh, have a haircut, have a bit of beer. 
which you told me every place in London does anyway. So I thought Japan was special. But uh, Natsuki doesn't do it. You think Natsuki of all people? No. He'd be yeah, like, yeah, get think. a haircut, have a beer, have, have a, a cigarette, cigarette have a cigar. On. Yeah. <laughs> keeping, keeping cigars and haircuts. But uh, I'm kind of, is it, is it sad that I'm excited about KFC Christmas? The KFC Christmas menu is that sad, Pete? No, not at all. I think that's um, I think that's I think it's very exciting. I, I think uh, an entire this is like an entire turkey, isn't it? Like jammed into a jammed into a fried or something, and and in a, like a big old bucket. It's very weird. It's uh, from what I remember, and it was a long time ago. I think we're talking like six or seven years now. It's a bit of chicken in a plastic sack with gravy in, and you stick it in the microwave, and then cut the kind of plastic sack open and. And that is your Christmas dinner. It's not going to be quite the same Blade as Runner. being home in the UK, is it? You, have <laughs> you got a nice dropped out of a plastic sheath? <laughs> it's horrible. You, have you got a nice dinner lined up for yourself? Yeah, yeah, I reckon so. Because mainly because my mum's not cooking it. Um, I love my mum, but she, that is not one of our strengths. Um, she's, oh, uh, she prefers the driest of the meats. Uh, but we don't, we don't, we don't generally, um, eat a lot of turkey. I can't remember the last time I had turkey or, or anything chickeny, um, over, over Christmas. She'll, she'll invariably get a bit of beef, maybe a bit of lamb if we're lucky, but, um, she will insist on it being a bone dry. <laughs> oh dear. Your poor oh dear, mom. Yeah. Oh I'm dear. Sure, I'm sure poor she's a Christine great cook, really. You just got high standards. <laughs> she hasn't yeah, got at me about how badly i eat and like i remember growing up we used to have egg and chips every day fried egg chips <laughs> maybe some peas and carrots if we're lucky <laughs> like fair dues but i don't know how she does quite frankly and i love her a lot and she did great on very limited resources but it's a bit bloody rich to say that my diet's terrible when we used to have fried eggs every day I'm sure your your diet's not that bad. You're doing yourself a disservice here. I've seen you. Eat oh, it's a lot and... better. It's a lot better. Yeah. Now, but then you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm comparing. I'm comparing your diet to mine, so I'm not really. Oh yeah, yours. Yours, of... yours is ast- even for a man your age. Yours is astonishing, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> a diet absolutely astonishing. A diet comprised of interestingly flavored Kit Kats and KFC Christmas bucket. <laughs> Awful, isn't it? Oh, drinking! I'm looking at my coffee in my hand as I speak, and uh, feeling oh, a Chris. sense of guilt. Lordy. But now, let me let me escape from the guilt and let's turn our attention to the fax machine. What do we got this week in our fax machine, Mister Dawson? Oh, we got a message from Will from Northern UK. How wow. um, exotic. Hi, Chris. Hi, Pete. Uh, first of all, thank you for running the podcast and keeping me entertained over the last year or so while driving to and from work. I took the plunge and travelled to Tokyo, Hakone and Yokohama back in January just before the big sea came. Um, that's coronavirus, not uh, cancer, because obviously they're very different, <laughs> very different diseases. Uh, we'll get, big sea is always cancer, isn't it? I don't think, I don't think coronavirus can steal big sea from cancer. I'm uh, thankful that I managed to make my long-awaited trip before all of the flights got stopped after hearing about the last listener's error in saying the wrong phrases i thought i'd throw in my bad times i had whilst trying to speak the language when i was there as well i learned japanese back at university a decade ago uh, and picked it up here and there from watching japanese shows on netflix along with anime but i was always a little bit too shy to speak it as i was worried i might say something wrong or rudely accidentally when i was traveling in japan one of the phrases i wanted to say was sorry my japanese isn't very good and uh, from memory i kept on saying uh, gomen watashi no nihonga wa hetaku 
Edekusur, um, which I thought sounded right until I found out uh, after I came back from my travels that all this time I was saying, uh, sorry, my Japanese is really shit. And remembered that I definitely said this to a lot of strangers, including old people while traveling, but I was never told that it was rude. Um, did I accidentally uh, offend someone while saying Edekusur uh, instead of Heta? Uh, and were they being polite by not correcting my poor knowledge? I know Japan, Japan has a deep amount of respect and manners, and I hope I didn't come across as rude. Keep up the good work on the videos. Uh, he, he said he actually write shit videos and shit podcast uh, one day i hope to travel to japan again <laughs> we're going further outside of tokyo head to kuso so kuso is shit then is it it is yeah and heta means yeah, like right. unskilled or bad or not very good ah, so right okay. it's not it's not good that's that's pretty awkward <laughs> a country a Big country where swearing is barely a thing like i forget about yeah. that like swearing in japan doesn't really exist that much in everyday speech so that would be quite yeah could be quite shocking but you know it kind of works i guess like uh what he <laughs> what he said there right gomen watashi no nihongo wa hetakuso that would be like yeah my sorry my japanese is shit like that it's <laughs> 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 so pretty awkward. strong so needlessly it is. strong it is like i when i when i first got here I had to do a speech to my uh, school, um, all the teachers, 120 teachers in the staff room. And I didn't know any Japanese. And I like memorized like four lines, one of which was uh, like, 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 still bad. My Japanese is still bad. But imagine if I just stood up and go, like, my Japanese is shit. <laughs> my first impression. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, dear, dear well. That's bad, that is. <laughs> but Natsuki, Natsuki's pretty bad. Whenever my friends come over, I had a friend uh, come visit like a year ago, and Natsuki taught him the phrase uh, kusotare, which means like shit. Like It's quite, you know, a blunt, another no, blunt way of shit. saying shit. It's shit, awful. Right, okay. Kusotare. And, he, and my friend was just like, oh, it's really funny, and just like walked around just saying it in shops, like picking up things, being like, kusotare. <laughs> oh, and like the staff would be like, who is this prick? Like, it's, like, it's just annoying when you learn a you know, swear like word. How, a f- do you know how, like, like t- sorry, uh, t- uh, tabimas is to eat and tabimono mm. is food sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. would um, kusumono be actual shit? <laughs> it's... <laughs> You, I, this is a bad idea teaching swear words it's never a good idea it only <laughs> gets used idea. you literally did a video used. about it i did yeah but i didn't i've never taught japanese swear words though have i i don't want to use i want no, people using that power for evil um we should do I but think. Uh, but they love it's weird they love swearing in japan in english they don't do it in japanese but when it comes to english mm. they love it as we've seen in yeah. uh, in various abroad in japan Wrestling. episodes it's just exciting. Like somebody sent me a photo the other day uh, of a Japanese guy that they'd seen walking down the street in like uh, Shinjuku, and he had a jacket on, and there was one word on the jacket that had just been covered all over the jacket—the same word about two hundred and fifty times—and the word was just "fuck." And this guy was just walking <laughs> through the street like this "fuck" jacket. I said, yeah. "What was he thinking?" But you, I guess you do again, see it a lot. Yeah, it's just like. <laughs> Very bizarre. I, I, I remember a man uh, was walking down the street, and in English, well, English and, and Japan crossed, it literally just said, um, I am hentai man. <laughs> <laughs> there was just a bloke, like me and my mate Craig, who was just creasing him. I am hentai man. That said, I mean, you know, when it comes to like, uh, uh, I've seen people 
on the tube uh, around mm. Halloween, Japanese guys dressed as fucking Nazi officers. So I oh, don't God. think they're not shrinking violets. The, the, the Japanese when it comes to uh, when it comes to stuff, they 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 don't really think about the cultural significance about what they're getting up to. To be quite frank, so yeah. yeah. Fair point. Fuck. God. Fuck, 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 fuck. I want to find that jacket. That that would go down well in a video. Yeah. Probably get demonetized, but what a way. <laughs> what a way to go. Uh, way to go. We've got one here from Eric from Texas who says, Hey guys, I hope the dynamic duo are doing well. I'm back with yet another question. Uh, I've heard that most hot springs in Japan sell glass bottles of milk for enjoying after the hot spring. Uh, and that's usually local small batch milk, sometimes with fruit, fruit flavored ones, <laughs> fruit flavored. Oh God, uh, fruit flavored uh, as well. Is this true? Have you partaken? Uh, inquiring minds wish to know. Keep up the entertainment, Eric from Texas. Yes, Eric. Uh, all hot springs. When you come out, the first thing you do is have like a milkshake, uh, like some flavored milk, some strawberry milk, chocolate milk. It's like a tradition, basically, in Japan. Uh, have you done that, right. Pete, when you went in? Did you grab the no, chocolate No, I don't remember getting milk. I, want, I missed uh... out my... Did I, oh, maybe I did, actually. Maybe I did have a chocolate milk, you know. But I thought that was my choice. And my choice alone. <laughs> why, why, is the, why is the milk Why is the milk kind of a situation? Is it just kind of like it's sugary and it gives you a little pick-me-up? And I think so, yeah. I think, you know, after the hot spring, you feel a bit, like, buggered for a little bit. And uh, you're yeah, a bit dehydrated so the kind of sugary milky goodness brings you back to good form um but you've got to do it so nice when you come out boiling sweating steaming and you get a nice cool glass bottle of milk you down it it's just the most amazing thing lovely that's what it's all about eric get the milk get that milk milk. got good (laughs) wonderful stuff got one from krista Um, uh, hello, Krista. Where are we at? Um, Krista. I can't even bloody find Krista's one. Where's Krista? Oh, yeah. Melbourne, Australia. Uh, I hope December is treating you well. Chris, what have I said about tattoo emails? Um, oh, Chris, I wonder if a tattoo is on the cards for you. Have you given any more thought to what you'd like written or represented? That is, if you hadn't already uh, gone out and gotten one or several. I think it's a moving experience having gotten one, exper- uh, gotten one uh, recently. Perhaps you could create a homage to Fuji-san saying that there's no longer bl- bad blood between the two of you. Uh, congratulations and thanks for an order for a wonderful year of work from the both of you thank you Krista uh, I'm back on board with Krista I was, I was against this whole email until they said something nice about me um, please know you've helped lots of people keep together remember what date is and plod along through to the end of this godforsaken year keep up the good work Chris can I suggest you get a tattoo where the head of Mount Fuji is your neck and then like the head is your head is coming out of Mount Fuji that would be brilliant that would be quite artistic and brilliant too artistic for me I fear I, you know, with the old tattoo thing, I do kind of want one, but I, deep down, I think it's just not going to happen. Something about my personality, because I'm, I do things I regret, and I think I would look down at my arm or face or wherever the tattoo would be and be like, yeah, don't know if I should have got that. Can we get it off now? And uh, that's that's what I worry about. I'm so fickle. I know I'd get something on a whim and then probably not want it there like a week later. Um, mm. Could be a fun video though getting a tattoo on and getting it removed in the same episode. But uh, yeah, I'd love, ta- I'd love Mount Fuji. Get the Escape, the Journey Across Japan logo stuck on my arm or something. But yeah, I, <laughs> that's the question though, isn't it? I don't know what to get. I always, again, I just keep changing. So. Get like a really cool like neck tattoo saying, demonetized. The bad boy of YouTube is here. <laughs> demonetized. Yeah. I, will, I will think about it. 
I feel like it's got to be something YouTube related, though, because that is what I do, isn't it? I'm a YouTuber, right? Yeah, and true. I feel like it needs to be done. Yeah. So, where's me lens cap? Right, where's me lens yeah. cap on your cheek? Oh, <laughs> oh God, I get beaten up for having such a crap tattoo. Uh, I've got, got one here. From Richard, he says, Hi, Chris and Pete. I'm a relatively new listener, a relatively new listener, sorry, to the podcast in the last six months or so. It has been really interesting to hear about Japanese culture and how much it differs from the UK and the West in general. I'm not sure if this has been covered before, but much of the portrayal of Japan and Western culture is of humble, dedicated people, but also Blade Runner type worlds. Uh, How is this seen in Japan? Are they happy with this view or do they feel unfairly typecast? Are they even aware of it at all? Uh, I hope to travel to Japan one day, as I'd love to try all the food. Keep up the great work. Richard from Manchester. It's an interesting question, Richard. I would say they are ambivalent uh, about how they're portrayed, to be honest. I've never, ever seen anyone really get offended. Like Japanese people rarely offended by uh, people discussing their culture or having views on it. Mm. The only time I remember there was a bit of outcry was, do you remember a, a year ago, uh, Kim Kardashian was going to bring out these godforsaken tights, um, these Spanx things or something, and uh, right. she wanted to call them the, the Kim Kardashian kimono range mm. or something. And a lot of people said that was cultural appropriation or whatever. And I, you know, I, I thought it was pretty crap, to be honest, because a lot of people might have just grown up thinking that a kimono is a Kim Kardashian product as opposed to a uh, a, a key part of Japanese culture. Uh, that was the only time I saw outcry in Japan and lots of Japanese women right. uh, on Twitter were quite vocal and sort of begged Kim Kardashian not to do that. And eventually she sort of didn't do it. And I don't know what happened with her range. I'm sure she named it something else. But uh, yeah, that's the only time I've seen any any folks here get annoyed about how kind of get annoyed or defensive about the culture but as for depictions of japan no they don't really mind from my experience any thoughts pete thoughts? Mm, i mean i think i I'd, I'd really like any um country to have the traditional Spanx as their traditional dress it's <laughs> very tight stomachs very just just <laughs> bulging bulging stomachs <laughs> god I, uh, when uh, in uh, in winter in Japan, everybody wears these heat tech clothes mm. from Uniqlo, um, and I've I've been wearing them recently out and about. Um, they're like they're I guess they're just like tights, and you wear them under your trousers. Thermal, yeah. um, Beautiful, and uh, they they're not very flattering um, around my stomach area. It's pretty grim <laughs> to be honest. If I put them on, yeah, it's, it's a strong indicator Spanx of where for men, yeah, spanks for men. As long as they're not called kimono, I'm happy. Uh, Andrew Snedden from Leeds. Over to you, Pete. Andrew Snedden from Leeds says, love the podcast and the videos we were due to visit at Easter, but that all got wiped out due to COVID. My question is, when did you be- first become aware of Japan? For me, I guess it was as a kid watching Battle of the Planets, aka Gatchaman Science Ninja Team and Monkey. Uh, musically, it has to be Yellow Magic Orchestra. Uh, they were formed in 1978 by uh, Haruomi uh, Hasono, uh, Yukihiro Takahashi, and their most famous member, Ryuichi Sakamoto. I still listen to this very day, and I and it also opened my ears to other Japanese music. Anderson and Lee's. I think I know. I think I've got a couple of Yellow Magic uh, Orchestra. I think also. I, I personally was a big fan of the Japanese punk band High Standard, uh, who were very good, if a little derivative. And uh, also there was, is it the, is it the Tokyo... It's a Tokyo something orchestra. They used to do like uh, TV theme tunes. <laughs> they were really joyous. They did these amazing jazzy uh, kind of versions of like Sesame Street and stuff. Tokyo something orchestra. Uh, try and check Tokyo them out. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you can find them anywhere with that ridiculous description. <laughs> 
I don't know, really. I think for me, I think I was watching Michael Palin's Around the World in 80 Days when I was a kid, where he goes around the world uh, from London to London, uh, back again, or around the world. And he comes to Japan, and he's just really confused. And like he's gone on these whirlwind trips through deserts and seas and gone on a real adventure, and he just gets to Japan, he's really confused. And I thought, that looks kind of cool. But I don't know. It could be some, either that, you only live twice, or playing Pokemon cards. I don't know. But luckily, none of those things really formed my <laughs> none of those things really formed my image of Japan. Um, I'm not sure. I'm going to have to reflect on that a little bit, Andrew. But uh, it is just you only live twice, the James Bond film. And as we've established in previous episodes, not the best depiction of Japan. Um, but <laughs> keep the stories, questions, comments coming into Abroad in Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back on Wednesday to do it all over again, guys. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great week. And I'm off to get some KFC. See you later. Have a good one. Don't get sexy with it, like the TV show. This was a Stakhanov production. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com